Welcome to the Birds FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Storm of Storms. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Thursday, May 26th in the year 2022. We have a really good show tonight. I'm going to actually have a guest come on, which you all know very well here in just a few minutes. It's going to be Duncan, the kilted Christian. He's going to join me. We're going to talk about this Texas thing. And we've been doing a lot of research and bringing up a lot of questions, which are really important. Before we begin, I just want to emphasize the importance in this time of taking care of your assets and your wealth. And there's a lot of risk in the market right now. Again, I say these things for you to do the research. Remember, I am not an investment advisor. I don't wear a white coat, nor do I act like a doctor on TV. But in just concern for the general issue of your wealth, make sure you're taking time to look into the things to preserve your wealth. For that reason, I want to introduce, as I have all week, Birch Gold. Patriots, we have been witnessing the economy slowly go through a death spiral. And the Fed has boxed itself in. The economy is in dire straits, and thanks to a loose money policy, there's no end in sight. Apparently, you just can't spend trillions every year without repercussions. And now, in an attempt to play catch-up, the Fed is raising rates and plans to do it seven more times this year. We're already starting to see the ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. What are you doing to protect your money? Have you considered what could happen if the stock market continues to fall or worse, crashes? Don't wait until that happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. Again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Again, text BARDS to 989898 and secure the gains from the hard-earned capital that you have. Join the thousands of Happy Birch customers, the countless five-star reviews, and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Birch Gold. They're professionals. They're some of the best in the market. So again, text BARDS at 989898 to protect your future with gold. And Patriots, I'd really recommend talking to these folks or someone like them. They are top-notch, and they will do what they can to help you secure your capital, especially in things of 401ks and IRAs. All right, before we get Duncan on the line, I want to play a piece here because there's a lot of stuff floating around about this Texas shooting, and it's got people dialed up. And I'm going to play a two-minute piece here, and then we'll talk about that before we jump into our show. Here we go. Oh, I got to prepare myself for this one. New information is coming out about Ramos, the Texas school shooter. And the timeline is starting to reveal things. So now apparently it took police about 90 minutes to get into the school, into the classroom, because they needed a key. Ramos arrived at the school after crashing his F-250 truck running from Border Patrol after shooting his grandmother. 
I don't know if you're familiar with getting into elementary schools, but getting into an elementary school, you would have an easier time getting into Fort Knox. Regardless of that being the case, the school's resource officer was unable to stop him from entering the building. It was at that point that he walked into the fourth grade classroom and barricaded himself in. During the time that he was locked inside of this classroom, he was able to kill 19 kids and two of their teachers. And because they needed a key, it took cops almost one hour to get inside of that classroom. And it was only because a staff member happened to come across one that they were able to get inside. Obviously, word has spread while this was going on, and parents were already outside desperately trying to get in. Parents were met with nothing but resistance, saying that we got this, we got this, and they were restraining parents as they were desperately trying to get into the building. And now all of a sudden, a Facebook post is surfacing that shows that the school and the police department were doing active shooter training at that school just two months prior. The post has since been deleted. So I ask you this. One, how does an 18-year-old kid get the funds to drive an F-250? Two, how does he have the resources to purchase nearly $3,700 worth of equipment? ARs, handguns, body armor. And three, how did he learn how to use these weapons efficiently? When... His family confirmed that he didn't know how to drive and didn't have a license. They didn't know how he legally purchased these firearms or how he even went to get them. And they didn't understand how he was able to train with these weapons. And they finished off by saying that somebody must have taken him there and was training him. Now, I'm not saying this whole thing was manufactured. But what I am saying is that this thing glows brighter than the force of a thousand suns. And that's exactly what we want to get into tonight. Because there's a tremendous amount of questions that surround this. Duncan and I have been doing some research back and forth over the last few days. And as you know, Duncan, he's a great researcher. He's got a great podcast, which just happens to be right after this show, which you can join in. But I'm really excited to have him on. Let me give Duncan a call, and we're going to get him on the show, and we're going to get into this. So hang on a minute. Here we go. Good evening. The Kilted Christian. What's going on, Mr. Duncan? Oh, nothing much. I've had my head in the computer for the last three days. This is awesome. So I understand. Did you just hear that little introductory piece I played? No, I did not get a chance. Um, I didn't want to have any audio issues. I wanted to make sure that the phone call went through perfect. I need to just clarify for everybody right off the bat, because apparently this shooter in Texas wears a skirt, but you don't yes, wear a skirt. You wear a kilt. He, That's correct? Exactly. Keep in mind, guys, the kilt is, is manly. There's a big difference. There's no transgender here. Okay. And the other thing about this is you don't carry, carry a Daniel defense rifle either, right? I do not because I'm poor and cannot afford one like most people in our country. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Well, Duncan, I'm excited to have you on tonight, and we're going to have a good conversation. Um, there are so many questions around this shooting as you and I have been digging up, it just there's one layer of questions after question after question. Let's start with the whole setup of this. I had a series of questions, actually, I put out the other night, and I'm going to pull these up because I think that we can go through this pretty effectively, and we can start looking at – let me get these questions up. Hang on a minute. Here we go. Um and we can start breaking this down through questions and answer these as much as we can to kind of see what's going on. So the first question 
that I, I think everybody should be asking right off the top, and I don't know what you found out, is this guy Ill- illegal or is was he an American citizen? Have you found anything on that? Okay, so from what I have found, he is an American citizen. And he attended the local high school up into his junior year, and he, he left his junior year and has not been seen by the locals since. Now, this is a town of uh, about 16,000. So the odds of you not running into them at a Walmart, a grocery store, a club, or something in that area are astronomical. I fully agree. Now, do we know if he had any contact or if the FBI had any contact with him? Okay. I have been digging, and it's hard to find information on him. They removed all of his social media. However, there I did find some stuff today that he was on. There's a, a, a an app called Discord where you can go to certain pages and he links up with the Buffalo shooter and a possible CI agent that has been talking to both of them on this site. Now I have to pose something just, just to get into some logic here real quick in a world, you know, when a person is angered, um, they're actually more likely to go after someone that has done them wrong. And in this age of doctors, malpractice, um, you know, pedophilia in our churches, um, and so forth. There's a lot of people that, you know, that people would go after and you would be seeing as many, if not more of those instances of somebody basically taking retaliation on someone who's done them wrong than someone who just randomly goes out and kills people they don't know in mass, which we're seeing more of than anything. Well, this leads to the, one of the questions that when he was up on social media, which is if he went to this elementary school. Now, we know that he went to the high school. Do you know that if he yes. went to the elementary school? Um, from what I understand, he did go to that elementary school. And apparently, uh, from one of the articles that I read anyway, saying that he's been picked on the entire time he was in that elementary school. His grandmother also worked in that elementary school up until last year. So he does have some ties to that school. But he was bullied for being poor specifically mentioned in every single article that I read on the mainstream media. So that brings up the question is where did he get the money for his weapons and this very expensive truck that he was driving around? in? I just want to note though, in one of the posts that I found, I shared with you a couple days ago, literally within about two hours of the shooting, the post made the comment as a good researcher said, here comes the, I was bullied narrative. So yeah. that was, that was projected early on because this is always the classic because he has to be bullied, and I guarantee you they're going to try to link this to his apparent cross-dressing nonsense to talk about bullying and racial discrimination on transgenders and Latinos. Exactly. But then, once again, you ask yourself the question, if you were to be angry at somebody, would you yell at the person that was the catalyst of your anger, or would you yell at just random people? And in this case... You know, if he was bullied and this was the catalyst that set him off, why did he go after random innocent people instead of the people that actually did the bullying? I agree with this 100%. I mean, this is this is where the the post was asking the question, and it's just, again, I want to be clear. These are, we're working through details and asking more questions tonight. I want everybody to hear this. So let's be very open-minded And let's be also open-minded to the fact that we don't know the status of the children. And if there are parents out there that are grieving, our prayers are up for you. But we are wanting to get to the truth. 
And that's what this yeah. is about. This has nothing to do with conspiracies. It has to do with all the facts that aren't lining up. So it, it's very important to grasp that. I mean, we, we have the, the one of the theories that was put out, and I bring this up because we have now discovered how many of these groomers have been embedded in the schools. The question was has been, was he groomed at the elementary school? We don't have proof of that, but you bring up a valid point, which is why would someone just randomly attack people? They usually go after those that they're angry at. Yes. Big deal. Okay. Exactly. So as we kind of go through this, we end up with – Another strange anomaly that happened, you came across this today, fantastic find, and that is that this was actually posted, and just so patriots know where this is, this is in the New York Post, and it was an article from today that reported that on May, or I'm sorry, March 22nd, they had an active shooter drill in the high school at in the same town. Is that correct? That is correct. And you had brought this up on your show. And this is something that I've noticed. And keep in mind, guys, that I am a videographer, producer, director. So I look for um, odd jobs and Craigslist and other sites specifically for things that are in my field. So what happens is these um, crisis actor calls end up popping up in Craigslist. And I saw one um, locally here in Austin that I thought may have been connected to that. And then when I found this today, it absolutely didn't surprise me because there's been multiple occasions, including the Dallas shooting of the police officers a couple of years ago, where I saw the uh, call for actors um, two weeks ahead of time, literally told some of my um, colleagues, like, listen, you can expect to see some kind of something pop up in the next few weeks. And sure enough, it pops up. So that's always a clear sign that something big is going to happen when you see these crisis, the, the calls for crisis actors. Well, what's interesting about that is, yes, it, I did mention it on the first night we ran this, which I don't know if that was yesterday or night before. I've kind of lost track, but we ran this thing. And I, with the question I asked, which I think was really important to ask, which was, was there an active shooter event? Now I was looking within the span of about two weeks, which is the typical time frame. I didn't go back that to, to two months ago. And yet here we have it two months ago at the high school where he was at. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this happened at the elementary school, correct? Yeah, this took place at the elementary school. The crisis call um, that I've usually seen or was somewhere within an hour, 45 minutes to an hour away from any major event that takes place. So the fact that it was in the same town is pretty astronomical. Yeah, absolutely. Really strange. We also have the one of the teachers that you found – or one of us found, I don't remember, it was it was reported as helping save the children and died in this event, the same name, same face that apparently died in Afghanistan and the same name, same face that apparently was the first American to die in Ukraine. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And so that's a miraculous event right there. <laughs> I, I found another connection to, and, and guys, I can't verify this, but... um. There's another connection to the other teacher, the female, that may be connected to where Sandy Hook took place in Newport. This gets really delicate, so I'm gonna we're gonna walk away from that one. We're gonna yeah, let we'll you all away. we're gonna let you all dig into Sandy Hook and start looking at pictures of there and some similarities. Um, what I do know is that every time you mention Sandy Hook, Alex Jones has learned a tough lesson that they'll sue the hell out of you. 
Yeah, that's a right. good point. We'll walk away from that. We're not, we're not going to get into Sandy Hook. So you all can do the research on your own and explore that and kind of see what's going on. Now, this is another interesting piece you found tonight. I'm going to read the headline and read the little excerpt here. This goes back to 2018. Two teens arrested in mass casualty plot in 2018 targeting Uvalde Middle School. And then in, in the sub part of the article, it says that upon rendering aid and support, the student revealed a future plan to conduct a school shooting in the year of 2022. Tell me what teen plans a plotted event four years in advance. Exactly. That was the first thing that crossed my mind too, especially oddly lining up with the day that it happened in 2022. Uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So we are dealing with something, a lot of pieces here just aren't adding up. <clears throat> Let's dig into a little bit of the Daniel defense stuff because I find this to be really interesting. And I'm going to highlight it with a few things and let you go after this. Okay. What most people don't realize is the in the Las Vegas shooting, the Las Vegas shooting, so this goes back a number of years, it was a Daniel Defense rifle that was used in the Las Vegas shooting. The Daniel Defense rifle, the same style of rifle that's being used apparently by our Ramos, Ramos, Salvador Ramos, is the same rifle that has been showing up in posts from the Ukrainian freedom fighters that are supposedly killing Russians. The same rifle that Salvador Ramos apparently has. Also, there were three police officers with that rifle, supposed police officers with the rifle on the site. Now, I say this because this is a, a precision rifle. It's very expensive. It's For an AR, it's about $2,000 for the AR platform. And somehow, not only is it do we have two of them owned by Ramos, but the idea that they're showing up in different events is more than a little bizarre. You know, it's almost like if I was an investigator, the first question I would ask when I, if I saw this trend would be, why is it the active shooters are choosing Daniel Defense rifles? It's an it's an important question to ask. Yes. So, so go ahead, you because you've done more research on it. Yeah. So. Whenever I do any kind of research, <clears throat> I don't go to try to disprove or prove anything. I just literally let the facts follow themselves. And, you know, the company's been around since uh, early 2000s. They started off making um, just like gun stocks and, and cold forge barrels. And then they had a deal that they made with um, our U.S. government, which you said isn't uncommon, and the Ministry of Defense, which is the United Kingdom's version. Um, so they had to deal with them, and then right after that, they actually started processing and making full, um, full-on weapons. So as I was digging in, I started finding more and more pictures of um, the Azov soldiers actually bearing these particular um, these particular arms. I think it was the uh, the DD V7 or something like that, which happens to be the same rifle that um, Ramos had. So as I was digging in further, I came across that information about um, the same weaponry being held by the guy in the Las Vegas shooting. All of his guns were owned by this um, Daniel Defense Company. So they started going downhill um, financially a little bit right after the Las Vegas shooting. Um, they started making a little bit more money after Trump got in when everybody started purchasing um, rifles and stuff again on a, 
on a bigger level, and then they started to drop a little bit. But because they're a private company, I'm having trouble going through and following money trails because I can't get on stock exchange or anything like that to see how they're doing. However, I did find that this year, March 23rd of uh, 2022, they got another contract with our Navy. And um, this is exactly almost one month to the day that the, uh, the Russians invaded Ukraine. So I find the timing of that to be extremely, extremely odd. And like you said, these guns, they're very expensive. They are not cheap. Matter of fact, um, a lot of people that I know are eyeing them. They make pretty good money, but it's nothing that you can just go out and purchase. This guy had two of them. So you're looking at $4,000 right there on top of the optics, the optics that he had on top of it, which probably cost about $1,200. Per optic, by the way. The, uh, the, um, the scopes and stuff that he had on his, on his guns. Right. So per gun, he had about a $1,200 optic per gun. Exactly. So, so we've got then, to go ahead. Ammunition. Yeah. Then he had, um, loads of ammunition. Ammunition for that rifle today is about a dollar around roughly. Yeah. Can be as high yes. as two, depending on what he gets. So we've got, there's an investment there, no matter what the one estimate I saw earlier was about $5,000. In, in fact, it's um, he had a, it cost us about two to five thousand dollars, depending on what he did with the um, the guns. We don't know the exact form uh, setup that he has, so it can be run between two and five thousand dollars for each each rifle. And the EOTech optics run between six hundred to um, another you know, six hundred to twelve hundred dollars, depending on what they get roughly. And then his tactical gear with his body armor and everything else, which is easily another thousand or $2,000. So we're, we're talking about a setup. The other thing that I find really interesting is the grandmother is still alive. Is that correct? Grandmother was shot in the face and multiple other times. From what I'm understanding, she was shot up to eight times, which brings up another question because she is still alive is if he can't kill an older grandmother shooting her in the face and, and seven other times, you know, how does he manage to be so precise when he walks into a school of children? Now, I understand he was in there for an hour. So, I mean, that the timing is, is a lot. But as you know, you have to, I mean, any weapon that you owned, you have to practice that. And this guy certainly doesn't look like a guy that spent hours and hours and hours at a range perfecting his art. I agree with that. I mean, this is, there's a lot to this. And these weapons are not just pick up and shoot weapons. They are, they are designed for trained and active shoot. I mean, trained snipers really was what Daniel defense specialty was, was precision weapons preferred by special operations at one point was what they were one of the preferred weapons. So again, we're dealing with some really interesting um, discussions on this is how, how he got his hands on it. The one thing I've also wanted to know was, they say they bought it when he was 18 years old. We don't, I don't know if you were able to find out the date of his birthday, but when was he born? When did he buy it? I'm not saying you can't get these weapons over the counter because Daniel defense weapons are around, but typically you have to order. And in, in this day and age, most of these weapons are back ordered. So yeah. if you're going to, as an example, there's a, there is a company in, in Illinois DSA that makes a, a remake of the traditional FNFAL which is a brilliant rifle that was produced by um, the British FN company, obviously. Um, 
they make a remake version of that. That's a four-month delay right now to get one of those rifles if, to, if you order it today. It's at least four months. There, most of this is happening. Ruger, many of the Ruger firearms are back-ordered indefinitely. So the question again is, where did he get it, which is an important question, and when did he buy it? Because if, if, he's, if they're going to try to tell me he bought it a week ago and then he suddenly is proficient in using it, and he's got his full kit. I mean, all of this stuff doesn't add up in the time frame. No, it does not. Matter of fact, right before the show, I went on and looked at my local um, arms dealers. And that particular model is on back order. So he apparently purchased one one day and then went back the next day to purchase the second one, which means that, you know, apparently they were in stock, apparently. Now, something you mentioned on your show earlier, you talked about um, John here to help. Um, his name is Dr. John McGreevy. He is currently running for Senate in Maryland. And he is somebody that I have talked to on a couple of occasions. And one of my close friends that lives right down the road from me where I live is really good friends with him. And he said that he had gotten some news. And keep in mind, this guy is connected because if you go online, you can find out that he has literally been sued by the government on multiple occasions. So he's not just some random guy. And the contact that he had said, that he would had possibly been running um, immigrants with the coyotes across the border as well as drugs and stuff, which is how he made the money to purchase this equipment. But one thing that I started digging into, because you guys remember, was it called Fast and the Furious, with the, the gun deal that they did during the Obama administration? Fast and Furious, yes. Fast and Furious, yes. So I'm looking, I've been digging into that to see if that is somehow connected to this, I'm trying to find out what kind of arms were actually delivered over there. And if Daniel defense rifles were one of the stocks that they sent over to the cartel during that time. And if these are connected to what this guy just did right here. So there's another piece about this, which is the truck, which is 50 to $70,000 for the F two fifty. You've seen that. Yes. Very expensive trucks. Not one person has gotten or even asked questions about why he wrecked. So was he being chased? And then apparently he was outside of that school shooting for 12 minutes before he even entered the school. And he entered the school, according to the people today, unobstructed. And then through an open door, and then apparently the door was locked to where the officers couldn't get it. Now the parents were the ones that were standing outside screaming trying to get into that school and the police were literally manhandling these people, throwing them to the ground. One lady got put in cuffs. Apparently this woman got out of her cuffs, jumped the fence, went into the school and got her and got her two kids out. So the police during this time, and it's all over the place right now. It's on, I mean, it was on MSM all day today, which is surprising, but um, the parents were literally restrained from going there and doing what the police officers were not doing. Well, I want to go back to the truck, and I agree with all you what you said, and we'll come back to that. But I want to go back to the truck because if anybody has seen the footage of the truck, all four wheels are blown out of the axles. Yes. Now, I don't know who's been in accidents before. I have, and a number of them. And I will just say this. In an impact like that, you're going to be dazed. And I and it's it's interesting that he's had the, I don't even know the distance, but he had the wherewithal to wreck his truck take all of his gear and kit without apparently being disoriented and then head into the school with the objective of knowing exactly where to enter 
And that's the other question is how did he find this door? How did he know where to go? Because the school's a big school and it's not random. He's, he yeah. has gone to the little video footage we've seen of apparently the shooter entering, which was taken from altitude, which means from a rooftop, which begs the question, who was taking it or was it security camera footage? We don't know because there's no time code on it like a security camera you would expect anyway. And it was shaking. So my guess would be a phone. And my question was what made her focus in with a camera on him? And then today when I found out about that 12 minutes, if he was outside shooting into the school before he entered it, that would make sense as to why somebody would focus on the camera. But the lady that you can hear in the background holding the camera doesn't sound panic. No, and this is this is all this thing just gets crazier by the moment. Now, we also have learned since then that apparently this school had the Texas upgrades to security. Yes, and had um cameras, which I did verify today. Um apparently they're they're looking through the footage. It has not been released to the public or anything like that, but they, they did verify on the news today that there are cameras at that school what they're looking at right now. So I want to jump over real quickly to the Buffalo shooter, which we've already, we understand, we haven't confirmed, but we understand that there's a link, as we've already brought up, that the two of them were on a Discord server, the same Discord server, and being controlled by the same uh, moderator, we'll call them for lack of a better term. All right, so the reason I want to bring this up is if anybody's been following that, the shooter was brought into court in a gown, And the gown had a torn right shoulder. His right shoulder was exposed, and he was wearing a white gown. In case you're not aware of this, that is a Freemason ritual of humiliation. That when you walk in, when you go through a ritual of humiliation to reach another rank within the Freemasonry order, you you have to come in front and to tear off, they tear off your right shoulder shirt and expose your right shoulder. I don't know all the details of it, but another one of these crazy things that they do. That shooter is in the same is in the same format. Have you seen that? Yes, I have, and that caught my attention too. Because one thing that I've learned um, when I investigate any of this stuff is I listen for the word previously known by the FBI, or I look for Masonic symbolism. Because every single one of these events, you'll either see someone wearing a hat with a Masonic symbol have a ring on and I came across some photos of some stickers on a truck that we had discussed and was literally as a, as a photographer, you understand perfectly framed. I mean, it was cropped to where it was literally the first thing that you see when you look at this picture. Oh, absolutely. Your, your eyes drawn right to it. So this is an interesting piece. Now, just to bring those two back together, that, that controller or moderator on discord, his name was Armand. At least that's what we understand. And his last text, his last communication said Texas 13, which we don't know what that means, but that's shortly before the action of the shooter. Yes. So we we get into this then, the posting on social media, which has now been erased. And, but we have a shot that was taken of, of our shooter, apparently. We don't know, but it, from the what was grabbed by the Anons, it appears to have been posted one hour after the shooting. Have you seen that? Yes. And have you been able to confirm the, the timestamp? Because that's what I found, but it's it's still up a question on that. Yeah, I when I went back, by the time I got back, um, they had removed 
all of his social media, every bit of it. Um, the only thing that's still existing is from a girl that he had been talking to, which was the day prior. So they're trying to say that, you know, he, he put pictures up only 30 minutes before this happened, but he was communicating with the girl the day before putting photographs of his guns and his cartridge or his magazines and everything up. And then this girl had a lot of followers and she barely knew who he was. She even pointed that out. She goes, cause he asked, he DM'd her and said, why don't you retweet this? And she goes, I barely know who you are. Yeah. This, there's a lot of crazy this, and there's, there's something about the patterns of these shooters. They always seek to announce what they're doing beforehand, which is always fishy. They always want to find it, and it almost it happens almost every time somebody leaves some social media drop forecasting, or like our shooter in Buffalo suddenly has this manifesto, and so forth. So we are we're really getting into some strange things. I also read today, and I I think you've seen the same thing, that apparently the mayor of the town of Uvalde, apparently he was three days ago contesting. Title 42 issues with the Biden administration. Have you read that? Yes, I have. And um, I've read that in multiple places, actually. So that that is that did happen. And then that would also further bring into this whole connection, possibly with um, this kid and the cartels. So tell me he messed up with their business. I mean, you're in Texas. So where is this town in relationship to the border? It's right on the border. Like literally, um, it was close enough to where border patrol were actually right there on top of. Matter of fact, it was border patrol that supposedly ended up um, killing the the uh, shooter. Well, I'll tell you, this thing just doesn't smell right on any level. I'll tell you, not right any, now. not every time that I think that I'm getting to a solution, I end up coming into more stuff that just just seems even crazier. Well, here here's. Here's the thing that is really important, too, is that we start to look at, and these are details, but it's important to look at it. And I'm not going to say that what what I'm saying here is definitive, but I do encourage people to pay attention to the footage of the police officers that are out front, which was a sheriff, local police, and I don't even know if there was a state trooper, but there was at least a couple sheriffs. Now, this is why I'm bringing this up. There's two. There's two things that should stand out. One is... The way that their kit fits looks sloppy. They don't look professional. Now, I'm not saying that that is not, that that just may be the sheriffs and just maybe the way they wear their junk and they just don't do it well. The other thing I find very interesting is the Daniel Defense Rifles, there's three of them there, and they're disproportionately long. These are these are what I literally a long gun. Not I mean, that's not, that is a broad scope term, but these are running at least... I'm guessing 18 to 24 inch barrels. So they're a long rifle and they are completely across their chest. I don't know of police units that are carrying that rifle unless they're a sniper. And these are not sniper guys. These are like standard issues that are coming out of the trunk of cars. They're not fit well for the standard issue coming out of the trunk of cars. Again, this is not confirming anything, but it's another anomaly that makes no sense. No, absolutely not. Matter of fact, Something else I just um, that I'm looking at right now. Um, you said Texas 13. That was the very last um, drop that was put on that Discord. District 13 in Texas almost butts up with Uvalde. Say it again. District District 13 in Texas is literally just barely 
due northeast of this town that the shooting took place. What's the significance of that? Um, Texas 13 was the very last thing that that guy um, posted on that Discord. Oh, wow. Okay, that's amazing. Another great connection, Duncan. Nicely done. So uh, you, you've done some great research on this, and we've been sharing a lot of this all day long. Now, this high school, do you know what the proximity of the high school is to the elementary school where they did this active shooter event? Okay, it's not a very big town, so nothing is nothing is really more than like four miles away from anything. I mean, it's like a town of 16,000. So if you can imagine um, some of the smaller places that you've been, this is one of those places. So everything, I would imagine most things are within walking distance. That makes perfect sense. Now, there's a couple of Q posts that relate to this. Have you seen those as well? I did. And um, they, they basically are talking about, they don't, they don't call it MK Ultra, but they have another term for it, another psychological term. And one thing that I'm noticing is that these shooters um, are all like either just turning 18 or 18 years old. Same thing with the shooter in Buffalo, 18 years old. The guy that just did this shooting, 18. I believe that cruise kid um, down in Parkland was 18 as well. So um, there's another uh, strange connection to that. But one thing that caught my eye, well, mentioned, I don't know how this was, 2018, they were talking about um, Haskell, the, the lady that used to run the CIA. She is now retired. Um, and her understanding the connection to the CIA and therapists and psychologists that are put in certain areas and that they, these people are relocated within 30 days of an event. So they separate the counseling area from the area of the active event. And that's what I'm trying to really find out is where was, where has this kid been over the last couple of months? And that's what I'm really like digging in to find, but they actually mentioned Ramos therapist. And that's, it's interesting because that was in the, one of the first sets of questions I asked two nights ago, which is, does he have a therapist? There's always a therapist tied to this. I want to read something here, Duncan. And this comes from behold the pale horse, which is, was published in 1991. Um, and this is really interesting. So this paragraph reads the government encourage the manufacture and importation of military firearms for the criminals to use. This is intended to foster a fueling of insecurity, which would lead the American people to voluntarily disarm themselves by uh, pushing laws against firearms, using drugs and uh, pharmaceuticals on mental patients is in a process called Orion the CIA in, inculcated, uh, it's hard to read this, so bear with me, inculcated the desire of these people to open fire on schoolyards and thus inflame the anti-gun lobby. This plan is well underway and so far is working perfectly. The middle class is begging the government to do away with the Second Amendment. Yes. And within 30 minutes of this event happening, um, Congress and Senate were already um, rambling about this on the floor. And then, you know, and I'm a script writer, so I can tell you how long it takes to write a really well-written script. It takes hours. And this script was written, the one that Biden read when he hopped off that airplane, was obviously pre-written. I just don't see how they could have written it in the time that he actually spoke all about gun control. Not about, the, you know, keeping the people together. It was more divisive than anything 
but everyone went right to gun control. Well, I think this is really critical because one of the things Biden said, which needs to be framed appropriately, which was how many kids have to die before they give up their guns. This is critical because that's not that's not a question. That's a threat. So it's kind of framing from these people. It's yes. a threat, right? Yes. And a matter of fact, um, it's the same thing with when the pandemic came around. They used a certain word, you know, trust the science. They, they pound these things into the sand. And now we've got the same thing that they use after every single event of, of a child, any child shooting, um, word for word, like you just said, is how many children have to die. Um, and if you hear it as a question, which I normally have been, but now I'm not. I'm looking at it more like you said as a statement or a threat. And you can hear it both ways now. And is that a threat? Like how many kids do we have to kill before we get you idiots to give up your gun? Well, one of the things that I brought up, it's, I mean, there's no, I want to be very clear what I'm going to say here. This was a theory that I had. It is not founded in any fact. This is just a theory and looking at patterns of things. So people need to hear that, especially considering that we're dealing with all Lat, uh, Latino children and we're near the border. And you know, I had this theory because I talked to you about it. The question was, were these kids trafficked kids and were they now, is this a cover to traffic kids for sale? Now, I'm I'm only putting this out here for people to postulate, and then we would need a lot more research to prove this. But it's interesting today that another poster came up and said the same thing and said these kids are likely being trafficked, and you'll now find them for sale on something near like Wayfair. If you're not familiar yeah. with the Wayfair issue, Patriots, you need to dig into that because that's a way of trafficking and selling children by buying very expensive furniture, basically. In simple yeah, terms. basically finding a product that costs um, a thousand times more than you would normally pay for that product. eBay does it, Wayfair does it, Walmart does it. When I was investigating the Wayfair thing, I went to other sites and found very similar things on uh, Walmart and um, eBay. So just to c- close that theory, basically the, the, the concept would be that children be- were being trafficked you would create a false flag event. You would proclaim their death. Again, I'm not taking this away from anybody that's had grieving children, so please don't take it that way. But the way this model would work is the event itself would poster the children that were murdered, which was actually an advertisement in for the pedophiles of what new children were available. They were prized children because they were part of a Freemason sacrifice ritual. And then they would be available for sale on another site. This is this something to just understand that this is the level of sophistication we're dealing with in some of these events. Exactly. And for example, so you guys understand, so they would sell like a cabinet or something that was priced that normally you would purchase at Target for $200, but they would sell it for 10 grand. So that's how people know which ones to purchase. And there's little clues in the description so that you understand what you're really purchasing. Correct. But you have to know the code. There's a post that just came up here from ghost Ezra and it ties in. I want to read it. It's a really good comment. If you're white and want to preserve your race, you will be labeled a white supremacist. Get used to it. Better yet be comfortable knowing it, knowing it's all a lie and a trick of a label. Best way to fight back is to get educated about the topic and go on the offensive. Now, 
Yeah. Wasn't this kid designated as a white supremacist right off the right bat? Right off the bat. Matter of fact, um, when I do uh, MSM research, I don't just watch Fox or M- uh, Newsmax. I go through all of them. I'll sit through and suck it up watching CNN, CBS, NSNBC, and all of those original ones came out with white supremacists. There was a couple of school board members from around the country that came out immediately with white supremacists even to the point where the name finally came out and they realized it was a Hispanic last name, they altered the photos that they placed on their um, mainstream media um, talking head news and they lightened the skin tone to make him look white and even went through and photoshopped the lips to look thin so that he looked like a white kid. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And we still don't really know his much about his life. Is that correct? That's correct. Like I said, his, it would have been easier if I could have gone back over the last year of social media, but they were on top of that. Like they once okay, people, if you don't think that you're making a difference, I got to tell you that you are because the media would not be talking about the truth as much of it is right now and starting to ask these questions. If you weren't putting these videos out and talking about this on social media, it got so big that they could no longer lie about the story without looking complacent or complicit in what's going on. So don't ever think that you're not making a difference because we are. We are in an age right now of researchers, and they know that, which is why they removed these social media sites immediately because anonymous journalists were on top of it archiving things. And they even removed these social media sites from the actual archive. Didn't I read today that they were using the term, it's not a false flag? Yes. Okay, so this is another big tell right here, Patriots, is in the media itself – they were using the term, this is not a false flag. That's just a giveaway that it is. And just understand yes. it's always reflection, always a mirror, right? So, Duncan, what do we know about the community? And this is what I find interesting. We don't have anybody on the ground reporting, interviewing in the community. We did get an interview today from the apparent boyfriend of the grandmother, I guess, whatever that is. We know nothing about his parents, and yet we have nobody circulating in the town doing person-to-person interviews in the town asking questions. Is that right? That's correct. Matter of fact, I, we have a friend of the show who's watching right now who does know some people that were down there um, pretty quick after it happened, even to the point where they prayed outside of the truck as this was going on. Um, the community of people, from what I understand, just from what I've heard, are just like any nice little Texas border town where everyone's there to love and help each other. Um, and this would not be the type of place that you would think something like this would unfold. Not at all. And that's, I, I go back again and it's just such an important thing to grasp. Two weeks ago, there was an event in Austin for a nuclear fallout, important a nuclear disaster, dirty bomb event. Austin's about three and a half hours from this, this town. And then you have an event here in the town that was two months ago, roughly, that they actually did an active shooter at the high school. That's unprecedented, except that that fits the role of every active shooter event. Would you agree? Oh, I, 100%. And that's always the biggest red flag for me. Is the, One of the first things that I look for when I see an event like this, I try to go back and see if I can't find um, any kind of uh, – actor call for, for any of these emergency simulations. And I've literally originally thought that the Austin thing was connected to this, 
But then when I saw that one actually took place in the town, and, and there may have been two. There may have been one um, that happened on May 21st as well. And I'm still looking into that, but one of the information that I pulled up today said that there was a simulation at that same school, high school, that took place on May 21st. Wow. That's crazy. So the other question I have is how did they sort out how who he was so quickly? It is unbelievable the details that they had within almost an hour of the event or so. Isn't that correct? It is correct. And, and it's funny, like you said, they, they managed to find out all this information about the kid, but then three days later, they still can't tell you if those rifles were used. When, if you have 21 dead bodies that have been shot, all you'd have to do is extract one bullet and figure out what gun he used. So why is it that they can find this information out within 15 minutes of, of a shooting? And then three days later, they still can't tell you what kind of weapon was used in this event. So I also want to point out something else, and this is just correlation. It's important for people to see. You see that Governor DeSantis called out, I mean, did his bill, this anti, what we'll call the anti-groomer bill in Florida. We had a rash of groomers come out, of, reveal themselves in the school, which is interesting. And, of course, then we have a, an attempted push to protect the transvestites and the confused gender folks out of the Biden administration. And then we end up with a kid who's apparently a crossdresser. We don't know for certain that's mentally unstable that it goes to an active shooter. My guess is take the DeSantis event out for a minute. The intent was probably to build up sympathy for the groomers and then be able to categorize this again, as, as we mentioned earlier in this, in this interview today, the, categorize him as a victim of racism but we have a problem in the narrative on the nation because people have become aware of the grooming that's going on in the schools and so there's no there's not a lot of sympathy left would you agree i agree and i think that would be the reason that they haven't even mentioned or shown any of the photos that came from his own social media site it was the anon that grabbed him from his instagram site of him in, in that little skirt and a couple of other pictures um they're avoiding that like the plague. They, they don't want to talk about it on the news, and it's because of what you just said. People are tired of this. That narrative only makes people mad when they hear about these groomers and the teachers that are creating the indoctrination of our children at this point. Fully agree. Duncan, what else did you find? Anything we haven't covered? No, we pretty much covered everything. I just want to say this one thing right here. You know, staged events. Um, if the CIA were staging events to scare people into believing that they're not safe anywhere and that the police state expansion and support of military invasions is needed to keep them safe, well, then that's what we are currently seeing and exactly what you would expect to see. And it's creating a narrative in order to create fear because a lot of people are scared right now. They're afraid to send their children to school. But in my opinion, this is a good thing. Because you said it a million times, keep your kids at home, school them at home. If you keep your kids at home and you school them at home, you're not going to have to worry about this kind of situation. Well, I would add this too, because this is an important component. In the, in the direction that they're trying to push to have the who take over all the medical control in the nation, I guarantee you what's going to come out of this is there's going to be the question of mental stability and gun ownership, and it's going to be considered a disease. Watch it. It, They've already started pushing that. 
Um, there's already, matter of fact, um, Dr. Oz mentioned that specifically. I think that we should get our CDC to start doing investigations and inspections on to um, gun um, gun shootings and issues such as this. That was if Oz. Can, yeah, Dr. Oz, Mesmet Oz said this. And if you can lump it up into the health department and who ends up gaining control of what is decided in all countries um, dealing with health, gun control falls straight into that category, and now they can make the decision to disarm. Well, Duncan, this is awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. This is a great show. Anything else you want to add today? No, I just want to tell everybody, you guys are doing awesome. Keep praying. Most important thing you can do is pray. But don't think you're not making a difference because I watched the narrative of the news change a 180 from yesterday to today, and it was because of everything that you all are doing, getting this information, pushing it out on the different social media sites because we had so much information and created so much outrage in the population that the media could not ignore the problem at this point. It's absolutely true. Well, hang on while we close with our prayer. But what I want to say here as we close here, Patriots, it's really important to get hold of this. We are the last nation, the last nation that's holding out, that's keeping the Nazis at bay. And on top of it, their strongholds are here in this country. The one thing that keeps them at bay is our Second Amendment and a strength of our faith. That's not one thing, it's two things. But those two things keep it at bay. They need the guns removed to complete their operation of takeover. They will do anything they can to accomplish this. I cannot stress enough to keep your head in these events. I've talked about this for the last few days. You have to take this attack like an ambush, which is exactly what it is. And when you get ambushed, you don't lose your mind. You don't get all teary and emotional. You buckle down. You take a knee. You focus on your terrain. And you get an assessment of where you have to be. And you get busy. Do not get swept up in the tears and the prayers of, of pain and anguish. Of Stay focused. The mission, and I'm not telling you not to pray. Trust me. Prayers are powerful, and we have to do them. But part of this mission is also to dig and to find the truth. Everybody has to participate in it. And everybody has to share it. Because these events, the more pressure that we put on, these, on the institution of propaganda, the less that it can stand and withstand the onslaught of truth that we bring about it. This is critical in these times and this is only going to be the beginning the storm of storms is here we are now here and in the storm of storms where we are headed is it is going to get bigger and more intense and you can expect more of this type of event going to come at us because they are they're desperate now their time frame was a 2050 agenda it got moved back to 2030 it's now back to 2022 and you can see by by that alone, that there is a desperation that they're throwing everything they can at this, literally to quote Q, all assets deployed, and they are doing it, and they will stop at nothing to try to break your will. If you do not have your strength in the rock of faith, you will collapse. And if you don't have your commitment to mission, which is seek truth, you won't, you won't do it. So, Patriots, you got to just keep it going. And, and I, you know me. It's hard to keep me. I don't even sleep at like two or three hours a night because I'm, I'm always at this point. Well, that's something. All right, well, let's pray. Father, we come to you today and just humbled and 
very thankful for the research that Duncan has shared with us today and to have the opportunity to bring minds together to seek the truth. And it is so critical in this time, Father, as you know, for us to pursue the truth. The truth is our greatest weapon. It is truly the sword of the Spirit. In this time, we will continue to pursue that truth as we try to reveal the darkness that's before us and to shatter all that's around us in these illusions and deceptions that continue to bombard us to keep us away from you and to keep us away from our true sovereignty. Guide us and protect us in these, in these days. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Duncan, I want to thank you again for coming on. Great show tonight. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, guys, we're all in this together. You know, lift each other up on those days that we're down. Don't ever forget the impact that you all make. And Scott, I want to thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you, Duncan. I appreciate that. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. This is a critical time to keep the prayers up for this nation, prayers of healing, prayers of clarity, prayers of strength. We need warriors now out here on the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, 
the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 